She's amazing. So Lori is, I mean, you guys are cheering. You know Lori, but if you don't, Lori is someone who is just on fire for Jesus. She's consistently inspiring women in this city as well as men. I like am looking up to her as just a spiritual mentor, a spiritual mother in the faith. And whenever she speaks, I'm taking a ton of notes because I know it's going to be exciting and it's also going to just light me on fire for Jesus. So can I pray for you? Please. Thank amazing. you. Lori, you're awesome. Holy Spirit, we invite you now. Just, yeah, speak your words through Lori right now. Let her tongue be in line with your tongue. Yeah. Let, her, let her voice be in line with your voice. We ask for open ears and open hearts as we receive. Yeah, just do your work through Lori today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Aren't we blessed to have Ian around here? I tell you. Even if he didn't say nice things about me, we're still blessed to have Ian around here. Good morning, family. It's so good to get to be with you um, during this Christmas season. Um, we are in a sermon series, as most of you know, on the Sermon on the Mount. So if you have never actually read the whole thing in one sitting, here's my challenge to you today. Uh, Randy's going to wrap up the series next week, but between now and next week, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 all in one sitting. This is called Jesus's like number one sermon. Like it's his longest. It's uh, Lou Engle calls it the constitution of our faith. Does that make sense? Like you go back to that original document to see, okay, this is how we, Jesus set it up that we were to walk out our lives in the kingdom. Make sense? Isn't it good to know that there is an original document you can go back to and the whole thing is in here. But that sermon on the Mount is key to the foundations that Jesus gave to us. Randy and Adam and Ian have been calling it that vision that Jesus gives us on how to walk in the kingdom. And here's the beautiful thing. If you know the king, you get to walk in a different kingdom. Isn't that good news? Like we're going to walk on this earth. We got to walk on the pavement because you now are though a spiritual being, you also get to walk in the spiritual kingdom at the same time. Isn't that good news? Even in the midst of all the chaos and some of the conflict and some of the confusion out in the world, you and I actually have the ability to walk every day in a kingdom that is full of clarity. Uh, they describe it as love, peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. That's the description of this kingdom. Anybody not want to walk in a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy? Isn't it wonderful that we can actually walk with the king in that kingdom? And the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, that whole section, shows us how to do it. How, what's it look like fleshed out? Because Jesus is not only want us to know we're spiritual beings, he's also very practical, right? And so this is such a good treatise, you guys. We got to be in this word, boy, more now than ever. How to Walk in the Kingdom. Next week, Randy's going to wrap it up. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn, we're going to start in Matthew 7. And as we go to Matthew 7, I hope you do have your Bibles, I need to tell you one thing before we start. And just a little bit about my own personality before we get into this passage. And that is this, that um, we had two little boys. Uh, we raised, got to raise two little boys who are currently now two very large men. Um, and one of them has two sweet little babies. Have I mentioned that I got to be a Gigi? And one of them is going to be two tomorrow. Her name's Millie. And the other little guy is only six weeks old. So if you need to see pictures afterwards, you just come and see me because I'm full-fledged into Gigi mode. But when our boys were little... We used to watch this movie called Bambi. Did anybody used to watch the old Disney movie called Bambi? Anybody around here? Yeah? 
Okay, and we would love uh, to just sit with our guys, and, and I just love, you know, wrapping them up in a blanket, and we're watching Bambi, and then all of a sudden, in this one part of the movie, I would get up, notice I have to get up, and go hit pause, then I'd hit fast forward on the player, and then we'd go through a little bit, and then I'd go, okay, now we can watch the rest of the movie. Does anybody want to guess which part of the movie Mama Lori would fast forward through? Anybody want to guess? Say it louder. Yeah, yeah, when they shoot Bambi's mom dead. I'm like, what, 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 no, don't do that, you know? So the mama harder me is like, they don't have to see that yet. They, why do they have to know about the death and the dying and the bad stuff, right? It's like, protect the babies, you know? And so if you're a young mama, I just bless that in you. Keep doing it, you know? Like, let's keep them as innocent as we can, right? For as long as we can. That's a good thing to do. However, I do realize that Bambi's mom was probably a better mom than I was, and that she actually was equipping Bambi in the beginning of the movie, and maybe I'm like reading some of this into it, but this is what I imagine, that Bambi's mom was probably equipping Bambi to be ready for the fact that actually life is not all good and loved Bambi enough to shine in roses. In fact, it's probably true that Bambi's mom actually loved Bambi enough to tell Bambi the truth. In other words, Bambi, there are bad guys. You just need to know. And Bambi, you also need to know that they will try to trick you and deceive you. You just need to know, you see. And Bambi, listen, when you, when you hear this sound, the, that sound of footsteps, that's, this is what this means. Bambi, you need to hold really still because I love you enough to tell you the truth and I want you to protect you. Bambi, when, when, you, when you hear uh, these voices, those particular voices, those are not good voices, Bambi. You need to be able to, to discern, not to listen. You need to stand really still. Don't go, stay still. And Bambi, when you come out from like the woods and we're coming into a clearing, beware. Be on your guard, Bambi. You see, Bambi's mom was probably equipping Bambi to go out into the world so that Bambi could know how to survive and thrive because Bambi's mom loved Bambi enough to tell Bambi the truth. You know, that's what love does. Love tells you the truth. So as we get into Matthew 7 today, I just need to tell you that Jesus does not fast forward through the tough parts. I wanted to speak on the joy of Christmas today. My friend Randy says, no, Lori, you can do this. So we're going to talk about Matthew 7. Let's start with verse 13. Let me just say also this. We have a good shepherd that loves us, his little lambs, his sheep, so much that he wants to tell us the truth. And he wants us to know that he is so good that if we follow his voice, we have nothing to fear. Matthew 7, verse 13, I believe we have it on the screen. And it says this, that you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Okay, stop right there. Remember, we're talking about entering and walking in God's kingdom. Jesus has a pretty direct comment here, hard truth number one. Not everybody gets to walk in God's kingdom. Are you with me? Number two, the road to destruction is broad and the gate is wide. 
for the many who choose that way. Going on. But the gateway to life is very narrow. And the road is difficult. And only few ever find it. Going on. Beware of false prophets. Hear the Bambi warning here. Beware. Because I love you. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Obviously, the inference here is no. Now, up on the screen, you don't have this next part, but verse 17 says, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So any tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Stop right there. Makes me think of John 15 when he talks about, excuse me, the vine, the branches, and any branch that remains in me is going to bear much fruit because I'm connected to the vine. I have the life of Jesus in me, right? But any branch that, doesn't, that is disconnected from me, that does not remain in the vine, it actually gets thrown into the fire. The fire is a real place. Hard truth number two. The last part there, verse 20. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Father, we thank you that you are a good father. And we thank you that Jesus, you are a good shepherd and that you are the good shepherd that laid down your very life for your sheep. And so we entrust ourselves to you today and we just declare with the worship that continues from minute one this morning, Jesus, we love you and we trust you and we want to follow you. So we right now will listen for your voice and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. See, I told you, Jesus doesn't fast forward through the difficult parts. He wants us to know because he loves us. So the three uh, main things I feel like he's saying here is simply this, that there are bad guys. <laughs> and there is a voice, there are voices out there that are trying to trick you and deceive you. And number three, we are actually in a war where those voices and those bad guys are trying to take you down. Now, as a loving parent, we tell our kids this because we want them to be protected from these things, right? This is what I love. Jesus knew exactly what we would need. 
we all know that this enemy that we're talking about, he is the deceiver. The passage calls them working through false prophets, right? Trying to deceive many. Let's just, let's just get it out there on the table. That, it occurred to me while we were worshiping, it's no wonder that the enemy's only weapon and his number one weapon, his only weapon, is deception. That's the only thing he's got on us. And, and the reason I thought this is so obvious, because if actually anybody knows the truth about Jesus, there's no way they wouldn't want to follow him. You know what I mean? Like, it just occurred to me today. It's no wonder he wants to lie to us and twist the truth and thwart, just distort the image of Jesus just enough so that you don't trust him. Because otherwise, he knows we're going with Jesus. Anybody who sees how wonderful he is, anybody who knows how good he is and how trustworthy and how I can't actually trust the words in here because it is from his heart, anybody who knows that is going to have no problem following. So how would the enemy come at us if he wants to take us down? He's going to lie to us. And he's first of all going to distort the image of God. He's going to have you call into question, is God really that good? Did he really say Eve? Yeah, so that you just question it enough to say, you know, maybe he's actually holding out on you. And there's actually a better way. It's a broad way. Everybody's doing it. That's what I love about going back to this first passage here in um, Matthew 13. If you go back to the beginning, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow way. The highway to hell, that's what the NLT calls it, the highway to hell. This version calls it, I know there's a song about that, but the, this version calls it the road to destruction. Notice the synonymous terms here, the road to destruction. You see, it's broad and the gate is wide for the many who choose that way, but the road to enter God's kingdom is narrow. It's the road to life. See the difference? You got one going to destruction and you got one going to life. And that road though, it's difficult. And only few ever find it. The Lord wants you to know that there is a way. In fact, he said, I am the way. And if, lest you get concerned about false prophets and we're like, which voices are the truth? Jesus says, I am the truth. And at the end, if you're, lest you are concerned, what if I get to the judgment day? Do I have life or I don't have life? Jesus like, look at me, I am the life. So as Ian has already told us this morning, Jesus is the answer to all these things. He is the way that we want to follow. He is the truth that we can believe. And he is the life that you are looking for and longing for in every other possibility that you might be looking right now. He is. He's the answer to all of it. He is also the truth that sets us free. And because it's Christmas, can I just remind us that at Christmas, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Why? Because he knew we would need both. We would need both. And then when he left the earth, you see, he told his disciples, it's actually good for you that I go because when I go, I'm going to send my own spirit to come and live inside of you and he will guide you and direct you. But guess what his name is? His name is the spirit of 
truth. And then it says, when he comes, he will actually guide you and lead you into all truth. You see, I have a feeling that Jesus equips us and comes to bring to us that which he knew we would need. Are you with me? Okay, let's, um, let's look at the John Mark Comer quote. And, and here's, I don't need to actually tell you that there is deception in the world. You all know this. In fact, I think that we are in the middle of a spiritual war right now where probably deception is, at, at, at least from my lifetime, I feel like it's at its height. Like it's just really hard sometimes to discern what is truth and what is not and what's the right way to go and what's the not the right. You know, are you anybody else feeling that way? Yeah, like it's just kind of confusing out there right now. Uh, John Mark Comer has written a great book. I have to tell you, I don't agree with every single word in it, but boy, does this guy get it when it comes to the word of God. You know, and what a good book for this particular generation. Ed, do we have that quote? This is what he says. Jesus warned his apprentices, watch out that no one deceives you. He then warned over and over, guys, that false prophets would deceive many people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most would grow cold. Unfortunately, we see some of this happening, don't we? A lot of it. Then he goes on to say this. The New Testament writers followed up Jesus' warning with upwards of 40 more warnings of deception. Everybody say 40. Like that's a lot of times for the New Testament writers to talk about, to warn the people about deception, especially in the areas of sexual immorality and false teaching. Okay, this is why this stuck out to me. John Mark gets it. Like not only did Jesus warn his disciples, but then after the people were filled with the Holy Spirit, that first church, right? These are spirit-filled believers that they're writing to, okay? Just like you and me. And they're saying, watch out, do not be deceived. I mean, we could sit here and I could give you all of them, but there's a lot of verses. Paul says, do not be unaware of the enemy's schemes, right? We fight not with flesh and blood, right? There is an enemy, watch out. He's on, and First John talks about how he is out to deceive the whole world and lead us all astray. He does not want us to know how good God is and he does not want us to follow. And by the way, he really hates us and wants to take you out, Bambi. We need to know that we have an enemy and we need to know what his weapon is. It is deception. And then we need to know how to recognize that deception. Does that make sense? How good that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Then he filled you and me with his own spirit who is the spirit of truth who promises to lead us into all truth. But here's the thing. I just want to remind us today that all of us, by inference here, we need to admit, I need to admit, I can be deceived. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they would not have taken all this time to make these warnings. Jesus would not have said this if there wasn't the opportunity for us to be deceived. Is anybody with me? Like, I think the minute I think, oh, I get this, I understand, I can tell the wrong from the right, I, that's what I call probably pride in me, and that's usually when I take a fall. And I can tell you right now, over the last couple of years, I have thought for 100% something was true. And then two days later, I realized that it wasn't at all. Anybody else? Like we are prone. We can possibly be deceived. I just want to make that a point today. Not only is there a bad guy, but we also need to agree, I think, I need you, Jesus. 
I need the Holy Spirit to be my guide. I need to listen for his voice. And I've got to know what he has to say so that when all those other voices are speaking, I will recognize his. Does that make sense? All right. Let's break it down just for a minute so that we get some of his specifics. Number one, there's these two ways. The narrow way, the wide way. The road less traveled, the everybody's doing it way. Jesus says this way over here is wide and many go to it because it's more fun. Probably most of the time. Is this making too much noise, David? You're good. Okay. That way is the way that most people take. It's the way that seems right unto a man. But in the end, it leads to death. It's the way that, that most people take because that way I can just be uh, who I want to be and I can do what I want to do. And therefore, I can tell you, you can do what you want to do. You be you, I be me. You do you, I do me. Whatever is your truth is your truth and whatever's mine is mine. And what, if you feel it, do it. If you feel it, maybe that's you. you. You be you. And let's not be like those over there on that narrow road who are, can we just say, a little narrow-minded, Because love, deception number one in the world right now, love says that everything is true. If it's true for you, it's true for you. Right? Do you see how the enemy gets in? And when I was first preparing for this sermon, I was like, Lord, I'm preaching to the choir. These people know you, Jesus. He's like, you better preach. And to myself, are you with me? It's like, we all can be deceived. Because this just, it just... What we tolerate infiltrates. It just, it just sneaks in really, really easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just got to be aware. And so what, what the enemy will do is um, he will actually make you feel like you belong when you come on this wide way because there's more people to accept you and you belong and you, you, you're welcome here and we're just so proud that you are not that narrow-minded anyway, so come on, let's go this way. Let's, in fact, you know that there's some of this stuff. If, we believe in Jesus, but, but this is awfully old and we need to just update it a little bit because that's what progressive thinkers do. We just need to, don't go political on me, okay? I just use that word as like, we're, we're forward thinkers, right? We're just... We're just thinking more, you know, we're so much more enlightened, you know, our IQs are higher. Look, this is just so old. And there are just parts of it we just need to update. So come on, everybody's going this way. See? The only thing is, at the end of this road, guys, the bridge is out. Like, it's off the cliff. It is the road to destruction. And because Jesus loves us, he's like, listen, the enemy is just twisting it just a little bit because you know what real love does? Love tells you the truth. And here's the truth, guys. I am the way. I am the truth. Come this way. It's going to be narrower. It's going to be lonelier sometimes. Praise God we have each other. Praise God you sign up for those small groups. We need each other more than ever now because sometimes it feels very alone. Sometimes your closest friends that you thought you were on the same page with are all of a sudden going over on the Broadway. Broadway. Am I the only one? And sometimes people that you thought were like, well, I thought, Jesus. And there now there's this, all these new ways of thinking. About, anybody else? Mm-hmm. 
Jesus says, listen, this is not the easy road. This is the difficult road. They will call you narrow-minded. They will call you judgmental. They will accuse you of not loving. You will be misunderstood because the more you try to love, the more you may be misunderstood. But then he said this, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And if they say all manner of evil against you, blessed are you, count it as joy because you get to share in the same things that Jesus went through. That's what he told us. Rejoice if they say all manner of evil against you. If you stand for the truth. Listen, this way, there is one way. (laughs) We sang about it. There is no other name. There's no other name like yours, Jesus, by by which we must be saved, right? I am not ashamed of the gospel of God, and I'm not ashamed that it's the same yesterday, today, and will be forever. I'm not ashamed because there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And this thing right here, this Bible, it is not outdated. In fact, I'd like to proclaim the truth to you today, and that it is still a lamp unto my feet and a light from my path. And when I don't know which way to go, because that's about daily right now, I go, okay, help me out here right? And then I listen for his voice and he has now given me his internal GPS, his own spirit to live inside of me, that spirit of truth that will lead me into all truth. So when I don't know which is the one, which is the way, which is, I can say, help me, talk to me. And he does. And I can trust that this way is right. Even when it may not seem right. Like, is this the loving thing to do? Yes, it is. Now, this doesn't mean that I separate myself from the people that are on the Broadway. In fact, I'd like to challenge you today that if you're walking on the narrow one and you have friends and family on the broad, go spend more time with them. Don't go down their way. But my encouragement would be go engage them in some more conversation. Ask them a few more questions. So how is this going for you? Tell me about this way. Yeah, yeah. Have have you talked to God about that? And and what are you hearing? And and how do you see it playing out? And can I tell you about my way? Can I just tell you how much I care about you and how amazing I think you are truly and how I would love to share with you what I'm seeing? See, here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to do today for all of you in this room in particular, maybe some of you watching online. I think he wants us to, as somebody said this morning, let that lion in you stand up a little bit taller and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel and I'm not afraid of entering into conversation with you. I'm not even afraid of disagreeing with you because even though the enemy has lied to us and thinks that love means to agree, that's not what it means at all. It actually means to come alongside and to very much want the very, very best for someone and you're willing to even enter into a difficult conversation to get there. Yes? So ask more questions. Go to the people on the broad way and say, there's another way. And guess what? This one has never lied to me. But in this one, here's what happens. The enemy actually takes them captive to do his will until he actually blinds the eyes then of unbelievers so that they can't even see the light of the glory of gospel in the face of Christ. Want to hear the good news? The good news is that he's actually given us divine weapons. Divine. They are supernaturally empowered so that we can pull down strongholds that have set themselves up against the knowledge of God. That's what you and I have to give to the people on the broad way. Do you know that you not only walk in the kingdom, but that the kingdom is in you. And when you go to the broad way, you can release the kingdom, which will open the eyes of the blind. Do you know that's our call? There are blindness, people blind all around us. And we get to say, let there be light. 
Can I tell you the truth? Can I show you how wonderful Jesus is? We get to come into a place of hopelessness and go, did you know there's always hope? We get to come into places of confusion and say, let there be clarity. We get to come into places where there is fear and anxiety and go, oh, did you know there's a perfect shepherd who wants to take care of you? You don't have to be afraid anymore. We have the kingdom. We can invite others to walk in the kingdom. It takes sometimes some boldness like a lion to step into it. Choose the narrow way. And can I just say, in this instance, this would be the one time I would encourage y'all to be narrow-minded. Like, I want to be narrow-minded for Jesus. Like, I want to be so narrow-minded that he is my focus. He is what I'm living for. He is the only voice I want to listen to. His is the only approval that I need because he's everything. And in this instance, I want to be the narrow-mindedest. Only Jesus. Only his way. Even when it's hard. This is a good time to be narrow-minded. Now, here's what happens. When you're narrow-minded, you can actually be more open-hearted because you don't have to be afraid. Does that make sense? That's good. God just gave me that right then. The more you can be narrow-minded, and it will make you more open-hearted. It actually causes me to love the people on the Broadway even more because now I'm not afraid. I'm safe in Jesus. I can go to them and love them, and they may understand me, and they may not. They may think I'm really loving them and they may think I'm really judgmental. But it, it, now it doesn't matter. I love them enough to try. Are you with me? Be narrow-minded because then it'll open up your heart. Yes, John? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, a couple of weeks ago, Ian gave a great sermon uh, on not judging Okay, so I just want to make this, this differentiation right here. That is all true. Like, I don't want to have a critical spirit where I'm looking for the things. Oh, you do this and you say that and you believe this. I saw that you posted that. I'm not doing that. I'm not looking for it, right? But I can, I don't want to be, have a critical spirit, but I can have critical thinking. In fact, I think Jesus just told us to. Beware, he says. You can know a person by their actions. Do you see the difference? And, and I feel like even the last 30, 40 years of my life, I have had to grow in discernment. I think I was pretty, na I still can be, naive sometimes. And, and I always want to see the good in people, so I'm always going to expect the best of people. And sometimes that comes back to burn you, you know, doesn't it? It hurts. But here's the thing. I heard the Holy Spirit say this week, Lori, keep looking for the good in people. Just realize that all those good, pe all those people are not always good for you. Keep looking for the good in all people, but know that all people are not good for you. Does that make sense? I can call it out. I can even encourage it. I can tell them that God is what, who put that in them and that I see how much he loves them and wants to do this in them, but I'm not going to go down the broad way with them. The second part of this passage says, be on the lookout. He actually says the word, um, beware of false prophets. Is that what he says? I lost it. Yep. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as sheep. They're, as, they're disguised as harmless sheep, but they are really vicious wolves. <laughs> okay. Just for clarification, 
in studying this a little bit this week, when they say beware of false prophets, this would include for you and for me today, anyone who is a prophet, a teacher, an influencer, anyone who claims to hear from the Lord and wants to pass it on to you. Like me, could be me, I could be a false prophet. But here's how you would know. I want you to check my life. Look at a person's actions, check their life. This is not to be critical. This is to know, do I take information from you? Do you see the difference? So, the question for us today is, who are the prophets in my life? In other words, who claims to hear from God and speak it, and I receive it? Okay, so it... And hear me clearly, there are some really great prophets in this world. Do not throw out the the baby with the bathwater. I am so thankful for the prophets. And there are many rising up in this hour. In fact, if I could change anything in the last 20 years, I would have gone to Jacqueline Moore. That's the only regret I have. I'd have listened more. I'm learning. God puts prophets on the earth. He speaks through people. And you can tell if it's a false or a true one, by what is the fruit of their life? If they're saying this over here, tell me, are they faithful to their spouse at home? You know, I'm not asking for perfection. I'm saying in general, what is, what is the fruit that they, well, how are their relationships? What, what, do they leave the fruit of the spirit behind them? Do, is the fruit like the fruit of the spirit or is it the fruit of the flesh? Do you see what I'm saying? And as I was praying about this example, I heard, him, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, in the wake. And we have a pontoon boat, and, and uh, if you drive the pontoon behind the pontoon, there's a wake. Everybody able to see it? This is the way the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I like to ski behind the boat. Sometimes I go outside the wake. Sometimes I go inside. And then I heard the, ver- and then I heard the phrase, in the wake of a storm. So, like, it isn't ironic then that Saturday night we had this terrible tornadoes come through. And if you saw any of the footage on your phone or, like, it would show you the path that it took if you saw any of this footage, can you see it in your head? There's a city, there's a little town, and all of a sudden you can see this swath where the tornado went through and in its wake, it left a path of destruction. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Lori, what do you leave in your wake as you pass through people's lives? When I pass through, do I leave people more fearful? Do I leave them more confused? Do I leave them a little bit more suspecting? Have I been a little bit accusational and so now they're questioning? Who, what do I leave? Do I leave the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and more peace after I have passed through? What, is, what do I leave in the wake of my passing through somebody's life? And what do you leave in the wake of yours? That's the fruit. See, sometimes you hear a passage so often that you're just like, oh, yeah, the fruit, you'll know them by the fruit. What the heck does that mean? What, what do they leave in the wake of their influence in your life? I, I just found myself going, oh, because he asked me this question. I'm just like, Lord, I'm just a little tiny flame that I want to burn for you. And as my little flame makes its way through people's lives and through this earth, I'm just praying there'd just be a few more little flames. There'd just be a few more little flames that catch on fire with a few other little flames. I just pray that the flame of my life just leaves a wildfire all the way through. Like when I go, I leave a wildfire in the wake of people who are on fire for Jesus. That's all I want. 
I just pray that as Steve and I make our way through some people's lives, that maybe we leave just a few more marriages with a little bit more solid foundation. And that as we walk through their lives, that their families are just a little bit more secure in the word of God and the knowledge of how much he loves them. I just, I just hope that as I'm making my way through this life, that in the wake of my life, people would just love God's word just a little bit more. They would depend on it and be in it more and that they would spend more time in his presence, loving him and listening for his voice because they're sold out to him. I, that's, when I walk through this life, I'm getting older now. It's tough. We think about these things. As I pass through, this is what I'm hoping I leave in my wake. What do you want to leave in the wake of your life? Here's the thing, we can tell if a person is a false prophet or not by their fruit. What do they leave in the wake of their ministry? What have they left in the wake of their influence? You guys, sometimes we as Christians try to be so nice that we're just like, well, we're not going to judge. Well, that's fine, but Jesus is like, wake up. Don't take it in. You don't, are you with me? Like, I can love, but I'm not going to be influenced. It's just because somebody, okay, let's, let's go to the next part. In other words, somebody can actually say all the right things, but not be living the real life. He goes on to tell us more about this. He says, you can identify a tree by its fruit. And so just like that, you can identify people by their actions. Notice he's telling you to identify people. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Last, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do, everybody say do, the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's laws. Fast forward. But but note here, look at the last line. You see, this isn't just like innocent people who made a mistake, because we all make mistakes. This this doesn't say that you will never uh, make a misjudgment or that you won't like, like we do it all the time. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Jesus sees people here who are saying one thing, even doing one thing, living one way over here, but over here they're breaking God's laws. You see, he knows who he's talking to. He's talking about the people who are even doing Christian things. They're even maybe serving in your church. They may even actually be, have a powerful healing ministry. Do you see, we prophesied in your name. We did these things. He doesn't discount that. He doesn't say they didn't. He just says, I know what you do over here. Does that make sense? You guys, this has to be the most miserable person in the world. One who is out here saying and doing the Christian thing, the thing for Jesus, but yet they're over here living, breaking God's laws, meaning they're not living by the word. Can I just remind you, every word in here is still good, still true. I want, I, I want our sex lives to look like what God, did you notice John Mark said that it was either false teaching or sexual immorality? It's a big deal to God. And it seems to be not a big deal to the world. It's still a big deal to me and my husband. We just tried to tell these young kids, listen, sex is God's great wedding gift. It is meant to bind together a man and a woman together permanently in the bond of marriage, permanently. It's a wedding gift to be given after the covenant of marriage is made. 
And I'm not ashamed to say it. And in fact, I want to say it. And that's meant to be between one man and one woman as God designed it, as Jesus then uh, confirmed. You see, these are the kinds of hard truths that I just want to be able to say because I love you. And when you do it that way, man, sex is great. He binds one man with one woman for the whole rest of their lives. That's what it's created to do. But just like a fire, if you let it out of its contained area of the fireplace, it's going to cause destruction. So do you know why God tells us all those things about just like that one particular topic? Because he doesn't want destruction in your life. He wants you to enjoy the beauty of the flame and the warmth of the fire. Are you with me? God loves us so much, he tells us the truth. And it's time that his people do the same. He knows that these kinds of people he's talking to get away from me. Notice he doesn't tolerate. He can't in the kingdom, see? He's preaching to them. He's with them. He wined and dined with them. But when it comes to walking in the kingdom, we got to tell them the truth. These are people who are living a double life, who are saying one thing and doing another. All right. Two things in closing. The first is when they train people, you've heard me use this before if you've seen me before. When they train people on how to recognize counterfeit money, you know, you know this, right? They just have them study the real money. There's all these different counterfeits, different ways to make money, do different things. But if I'm going to train the experts in how to recognize counterfeit, we don't study the counterfeit. We only study the real thing. And we read it, and, and they, they go over it and over it. They know every detail, every nuance. They know how it sounds, how it crinkles. They know what it smells like and how it feels. They study the real thing. I, I know what this sounds like. I know, I know, and, 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 and I've studied the real thing, see? And then if a counterfeit expert is handed a counterfeit dollar bill, they go, oh, yeah, that's not this. You see, we don't have to be afraid. Are you with me? Immediately they recognize it. Somebody hands them something that looks really, really close. In fact, it's all the same except for that one little thing there on the corner. Like, yeah, that's not the same as this because I know this. I know it really well. I recognize it right away. You will recognize them, he said. See, if I've spent time studying this, guys, we got to be in the word. And if I've spent time in the presence of my Jesus so that I know his voice, I know how he speaks to me, I know his heart because I've been in his word and abiding in his spirit and I'm asking him to teach me all the time. And I know what he says and how he says it and what his heart is. Then when I hear all these other voices all these other voices. Anybody have one of these? All these other voices telling me this and telling me that and telling, I can go, yes, that sounds like my Jesus. That voice is helping me to understand this passage and taking me closer to him. Yes, amen. And then I hear that other voice and I'm like, yeah, no, he didn't say that. Are you with me? You're gonna be able to recognize, you will know, study the real thing. Spend time with the real thing. You don't have to go study every other philosophy. You don't have to be up on the latest and the greatest of all the influencers out there. Ian, you should do a message on this. Like there's a lot of influencers out there, right? And they want you to know they have an enlightened idea about the new way that this should be done. Because if we're gonna have unity, people, sorry, sometimes my sarcastic side comes out. But the point is, 
right? We want unity. We want unity in the spirit of true love and true truth because we really love people. And I got to be able to say when I hear that particular voice, that doesn't sound like my Jesus. And I can love you, but I recognize. Do you know that the Ephesians 2 says that actually the enemy, the devil actually takes people captive to do his will. See, Ian taught us a couple weeks ago to love all people, right? And I want to love all people, but I have to recognize that all people are not good for me. I want to love them, but I have to recognize that sometimes they have been blinded and taken captive to do the enemy's will. I would rather have fast-forwarded through that part. Last example for you today. The part about how is it, anybody else wonder this when you read this, how is it that they actually prophesy in Jesus' name? How is it that they do miracles in Jesus' name? How exactly does that work if they don't know Jesus? Anybody else? So I was asking the Lord, and this is what he said. Ask Randy. <laughs> so I've got his phone number up on the screen. Y'all can just call him. <laughs> I might ask you more about this later. But anyway, this is, I thought I'd give you my two cents. And here's Lori's two cents, which is probably just a small part of the answer to that question. But here's what came to me, so I'm going to share it with you. There is such a thing as witchcraft. There is such a thing as demonic power. And it is on the rise. And it is not only on the rise, it is more bold. It is more out there. It is more being offered and encouraged and people are being invited into it because you can have this form of power and you can still go down the broad road and it's a whole lot easier. Or so they think. But they're being lied to. See, I'm thinking, how can they do miracles? And then I, all of a sudden I thought, oh, well, Moses threw down his staff and then the magician threw down his and they both turned into snakes. There is power that comes from the dark side. It's true. We need to know it, Bambi. Lori, tell them. We, we have to know that there is a bad guy. They do bad things and they're, they're out to get us. We have to know it. See, the enemy can imitate the works of God. There are people who actually do bow to and worship Satan. And he, they actually get power from him. And the more blood sacrifices they make, the more they get. I hear about the Texas concert a few months ago. Satanic symbols everywhere. Your friends and your family and mine are being influenced every day. This is not a fear message because here's the good news. <laughs> Ephesians chapter one says that when, Jesus, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above. Everybody say far above. Far above all title, all rule, and any spirit that is, Jesus reigns, everybody. Jesus has been seated in the places of authority, and all things have been put under his feet. All things are under Jesus' authority. When he walked the earth, and those demons, that same ones that are still doing this power stuff today, the ones that fake the power, they, they when they saw Jesus coming, they fled. They'd squeal. They'd scream. What do you want with us? We know who you are. See, every moment Jesus comes into the room, they have no power. He always wins. With one word, he would say, go. That's it. Guess what? 
After that in Ephesians, it says this. You have been raised with Christ and seated in the heavenly realms. Yeah, you know what that means? You actually get to sit in those same seats of authority so that when you walk into the room, demons are going to squeal. When you walk into the room, you can actually say go in Jesus' name. When you walk into the room, you bring truth and people go, why do I think differently now? When you walk into the room, all of a sudden hope rises. When you walk into a dark room where there's been darkness, the light comes. When you walk into a room, you just bring the kingdom. That's the good news. You don't have to be afraid at all. You just got to know it's out there. Make sense? Oh, go be the kingdom. Go be the people of God. Go speak the word of truth. The demons have to flee. We just got to be aware that they're there. Yeah. And it saddens me that people can do these things in Jesus' name. This is the worst, right? That in the name of Jesus... They are claiming to do this. Just because somebody gives you a prophetic word that's really on, that's wonderful. Test it, receive it, but then check their life, right? We got to beware, right? Is this a trustworthy person? If you see somebody do a miraculous healing, which by the way, I think you're going to see lots more of that because God is on the move. But just because you see one miraculous healing doesn't mean that you give that particular ministry $12 million. Okay? Check the life. Check the fruit. That's all I'm saying. And it makes me sad about throwing out the name. Let me just close with this. <laughs> um, Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay. Who is Jim Ursay, Sean? He owns the Colts. Okay, so Jim Ursay is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, rather large organization here in Indianapolis. Last February, Steve and I had the most hilarious, crazy opportunity. We got this call, and we were invited to ride on Jim Ursay's private jet to the Super Bowl. And there were only a few thousand people that were invited to the Super Bowl this year, and there were only, uh, there were only eight people on this plane. So Steve is involved in business, and their company does business with the Colts, and he knows lots of people, and there's crazy favor on my husband's life. The Lord loves to just put him in these crazy places because he knows he'll take the kingdom, and I just hang on and go, I don't know where we're going, but it's going to be great, you know, like Forrest Gump. So we get on this plane, and we get taken to the Super Bowl. They put us on private buses, go through the city, and then they put us in these little private golf carts, take us up to this private elevator, up to this private suite. We get to watch the Super Bowl from Jim Ursay's private suite. Got to eat all Jim's food, got to go to Jim's private bathroom, which we girls really appreciate. It was just like fantastic, right? I'm like, this is amazing. Thank you, Jim. You know? And then it occurred to me also that, that like uh, a few years ago, we actually got to go to a Christmas party at Jim Ursay's house. So, you know, like, if, if I wanted to right now, I could, like, throw around the name Jim Ursay. Buddy Jim was a good, good, good band that night. Food was pretty good, you know. But here's the truth. If I were to go knock on Jim Ursay's door today, and I'd say, hey, it's me, Lori, he'd go, I don't think I know you. <laughs> you know why? Because I've actually... I actually don't know Jim Ursay. I just got wrapped up in all the goodness and generosity and fun things that Jim Ursay gives. I've never actually been alone with him or had a real one-on-one -on -one conversation. I don't know him and he doesn't really know me. There are a lot of people in our lives who think maybe that they know Jesus, 
a lot of people who, who use the name, they can even sing some of the songs. But my question is, how, how do you, have they actually said, I want to have a relationship with you? And have it, have, has it ever, the truth of what he's done for you ever actually caused you to go to your knees and say, I, I'll do whatever it takes. I want to be yours. Have you ever been alone with him enough to say, I need you? If there's anybody here today that has never come to that place of being on your knees alone with Jesus and said, I want you to be my savior, my friend. I want to have a one-on-one relationship with you. I want you to know me completely, and I want to know you completely. We invite you to come up for prayer today and invite him to be your best friend so that you have a relationship with him. And if some of you are even right now are just getting convicted, like, well, I don't actually spend time alone with him that much. Here's my encouragement. We need to do it more and more as the days grow more evil, right? We got to spend more time in his word. And you're like, well, I might need somebody to help me. Go to somebody who knows the Bible and say, would you teach me how to be in God's word? Would you teach me how to listen for God's voice in the one-on-one? Would you teach me? How do you worship one-on-one when you don't have a band? Like, how do you do that? Like, go to somebody and ask them. Teach me how to have a relationship one-on-one with Jesus. Because if you do, are you ready for the good news? On that day, when you stand before him, he will say, I know you. I have chosen you, and I have called you by name, and you are mine. Come, my child. And he will open up his great big arms, and he will wrap you up in the most immersive, accepting love that you've ever known before, and he will welcome you home, and he will say, come, my child, and experience and enjoy the kingdom that was prepared for you since the beginning of time. And that is the assurance of your faith and what you and I live for every single day. That is what our Jesus has waiting for us at the end of the narrow road. Yeah. As we close today, there are two questions I'd love for you to screenshot or write down really quickly. They're up on the screen. And here are the two questions I'd like for you to consider as you leave and as you pray. Whom do you follow? Notice the word follow there. Who do you allow to teach you or prophesy over you? Who do you follow on Instagram or Facebook? What podcasts? What, what experts do you check in with every day? Make a list. You may think this, well, this is silly. This is silly. Just do it. I mean, I'm just, I'm like, you know, encouraging you to do it. Because I think you might find out a few things. I did. I did. And then the second question is this. What is the fruit of their personal and professional lives.
What do they leave in the wake of their influence? Is it the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the flesh? Spend some time with the Lord. Oh, people of God, may we listen for our shepherd's voice. He says, my sheep know me and I know them and they will follow me. And when we start to veer off the path like that one lone sheep, you know Jesus is going to come after you. But, oh, let it happen before you go off the cliff. You know what I'm saying? Like, let him use his rod and his staff to pull you back. Every day, may we say, keep me from deception and keep me walking in the truth. Holy Spirit, lead me today in all truth. I want to hear your voice, and I want to follow. Isn't it great? At Christmas, we can always remember that the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only who came from the Father, full of grace and because he, know, he knew that we needed both. Yeah. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. Uh, ministry team, why don't you come on forward? Father, we thank you that you are a good father. You love us enough to tell us the truth. Would you cause us to be more and more like you, to love the world around us enough to tell the truth in love? Oh, to yearn for them to know the good way that leads to life. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would come and that you would break through with your light and the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Come and break through now any deception in Jesus' name. Deception, be broken. Let there be light. Yeah, we thank you, God. We thank you that when you come, you bring clarity, you bring hope, and you cast out all fear. And so we keep our eyes on you. We entrust ourselves to you. And we say, Holy Spirit of truth, lead us now. And fill us up so much that we take the kingdom wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you today, I felt like uh, if you need prayer for anything, uh, physical healing, maybe as Ian prayed, I love that Ian, your word went directly in line with what I felt God was saying for today. So I think that's the Holy Spirit. If some of you have felt that tug of war in your life, like, I don't even know. I really want to know. Some of you sincerely just like, I just don't even know. Which should I go this way or should I go this way? Come up for prayer. There's some wonderful people to help you go to the Holy Spirit for that truth. That's just beautiful word today. He wants to set you free. That's what the truth does, by the way. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. So come up for prayer if you're, if you're wrestling with any of that. And then the last thing would be some of us got a little bit of conviction. I felt like he just wanted to encourage you. If you realize that sometimes you say all the right things, but there's this other piece of your life that's probably not in line with this part of what you say, all of us need realigning often. Do you see what I'm saying? My chiropractor has to realign me so that my spine comes back into alignment every couple weeks. Ask the Lord, is there anything in my life that I say this, but I'm actually living here? It still has a hold on me. Listen, that conviction is actually good, you guys. It's what sets us free. So come to the Lord with it. Go to somebody that you trust with it. Confess it. Say, Lord, I want to be free from it, and I want to live in alignment with the truth so that I'm whole. He restores our souls. Yeah, I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth. Merry Christmas. And come up for prayer. Go get your kids. Amen.